0: Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Praise God. So here we go. Uh, We're doing a six part series on finances and faith. Uh, This is lesson number three. And uh, so we're halfway through there at the end of this lesson. uh, We'll be handing out more certificates. This is part of the pastor's course. And so um, we're we're going to go through these lessons and believe God to speak to us. Tonight's topic is um, the cause and the effects of poverty. The cause and the effects of poverty. Um, We are going to be reading a lot of verses tonight. So if you're uh, ready and willing to read, please uh, get your your Bibles ready. And uh, we're going to go into a sword drill eventually here. All right. So one of the very hard facts uh, of life for millions of people is that they will suffer poverty. Poverty is a reality of life. In fact, Jesus said the poor you will have with you Always, As long as we are all here, uh, there will be poverty. Now, in some cases, poverty will be permanent for some people. Um, in other cases, uh, poverty will be momentary or it will be acute, meaning that people will go in and out of it uh, throughout their life. Unfortunately, and even sadly, we are living in a time and in a culture where poverty is actually glamorized. Mm -hmm. And it's glamorized on several different levels. And as I go further into this lesson, uh, I'm gonna make it very clear, but I'll make it clear now. I am in particular focusing in on American culture, because we live in America. But um, here in American culture, um, there's a glamorizing of poverty. Um, I know, for example, in the Hispanic culture, Uh, There's very much a glamorizing of the like the Cholo lifestyle. But all of that um, is very much birthed out of poverty. Um, uh, It's almost pretty popular now to be ghetto. As And when I say ghetto, I'm not talking about where the Jews were kept by the Nazis. But I am talking about... Um, that, that lifestyle. And believe it or not, ghetto, you don't need to be poor to be ghetto. There's very wealthy people that are ghetto. Amen. And um, uh, it's, I think it's a mistake to think that if there's people operating on a certain level uh, that it doesn't affect everybody. Uh, life is very much interconnected. And so. But these things are glamorized, uh, what we might call hood life. Amen. Hood life is very glamorized these days. It's looked at kind of like a cool thing. And then you have the other people. Um, I remember several years ago uh, being in Seattle and just about every corner there's like panhandlers. And um, the problem with these panhandlers is that they look like totally healthy teenager kids that just don't want to live at their parents' house. And But they, they are glamorizing this like, I'm very poor, uh, You know, I'm living this, like, humble life and you should take care of me. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not afraid to say any of these things. Um, I've noticed that panhandling has become more and more aggressive. Um, I've had people almost physically assault me because I don't want to give them money. And, um, man, they're healthy (laughs) enough to fight. <laughs> uh, you know the ones that have been aggressive with me to that degree look like perfectly capable people of uh, taking care of themselves. But there's a glamorizing and an accepting of poverty. I want to say this from the onset. I think uh, I think poverty has very negative effects. I don't think highly of poverty whatsoever. Ever. I think poverty is bad. Uh, I'm not saying poor people are bad. But I think even a decent poor person will tell you, if they could get out of poverty, they'd get out of it just as quickly as they can. Poverty is a very negative thing. We should avoid it at all costs. Can someone say amen? We should avoid it at all costs. Poverty has many different faces. All right. And this is probably something that's already running through some people's minds. But not all forms of poverty are equal. Amen. Not all forms of poverty are equal. People here in America complain. Uh, right now it's very popular to complain about uh, the 1%. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know what a lot of Americans don't realize is that globally we are the 1%. All, the 1%, mm-hmm. yeah. all Americans globally yeah. are the 1%. 88% of Americans uh, qualified either as upper middle uh uh, as, as either upper middle income or high income on a global scale. Meaning when you compare what even your average American makes, you were way better off than most people, than the bulk of people over the face of the earth. 56% of Americans live on more than $50 a day. I mean, I know of countries where people live on a dollar a day. And I know there's people here thinking, I do not spend $50 a day. And to a certain degree, you do, whether you know it or not. The fact that your cell phone is budgeted into your paycheck, your, your clothes, your food, da da da, all that. When you actually accumulate all that, you are living on about $50 a day compared to the rest of the world uh, that lives on maybe $7 a day, $5 a day, with the exception, of course, of some European countries. But even the American uh, poverty level, Uh, lives on an income which is practically unheard of in most of the world. Um, I've been to Mexico. Um, I I have seen genuine poverty. Uh, My in-laws and several of you here have been to the Philippines. You'll see real poverty out there. You'll see a blind woman with no legs and a child begging for money. And uh, over here in the United States, you don't see a lot of that. Amen. Someone help me out. Hallelujah. So you know what? I, I can appreciate what uh, Brother Jason here said. Let's pray for Thanksgiving. Why don't we pray as Americans that we have thankful spirits this Thanksgiving? I want you to know that even if you are dead broke right now, you are doing better than the rest of the world by and large. Hallelujah. Um, right here in Alameda. I mean, Alameda is by far not a poor city. We have a food bank here. Um, you, if you have no food... You can go to the food bank here in Alameda. If you have no food, you can go to Starbucks at 1030 and they will load you up with free pastries. Uh, I, I, I'm by no means on the poverty level and they've done it for me. Amen, hallelujah. Uh, I didn't ask for it, they were just giving away, so I took it. Uh, Trader Joe's will give you free bags of food and fruit and we are not, we have so much to be thankful for here as Americans. Can you shout amen? Now, not all forms of poverty are equal. And again, we're we're limiting our our conversation today to America Uh, not all forms of poverty are caused by the same thing however and that's important to understand all right needless to say many forms of poverty can and should be avoided and I think it's also important to understand that there are a lot of forms of poverty that can be avoided if we will just follow some basic biblical principles in fact that is one of the promises of the Bible, that if you will obey God's word, you can avoid, you can avoid needless poverty. All right. Because there are some forms of poverty. And really, tonight's lesson, we are only going to focus in on the kind of poverty that we inflict upon ourselves. All right. I I, I don't even want to get into the philosophical, theological uh, Uh, realities of why some people are poor but I will say this right now that there are some people that are poor by design Mm -hmm. alright but what that design also includes is a counterbalance of people that are blessed abundantly and this is the way God has designed not just the world but the church and so there is this beautiful balancing of people's lack and people's abundance and God knows what he's doing can you say amen but uh, I'm going to actually start tonight backwards. Right. So, uh, you, normally this lesson would go from cause to effect, but I want to talk about effect to cause. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to invert this uh, lesson, and we're going to get right into this. Um, the reason I want to uh, uh, go backwards. Is because I want to actually try to stimulate a very genuine dislike in your spirit for poverty. I want you to dislike it. And I'm not saying and and there's uh, Proverbs uh, 10 and 5 says that the destruction of the poor is their poverty. I I want us to really grasp this, that when poverty comes into your life, it is destructive. It is going to hurt you. Poverty does not play games. Uh, poverty, uh, uh, the Bible says that, that it, it is, it is extremely harmful and we have to see it in that light. Now, there are two reasons I want us to see it in that light. There's two reasons tonight that I want you to hate poverty. Reason number one, uh, I want you to hate poverty so that if you know anybody who is trapped by it for reasons beyond their own control, that you help them. Yes. If you know somebody that is trapped by poverty for reasons beyond their control, you should have compassion on them, and you should help them. Uh, While it is possible to maintain a sense of morality, happiness, joy, peace, while being poor, the negative effects of poverty are so numerous that we should be considerate of anyone trapped in poverty. So that is the first reason that we should dislike poverty because if our neighbor, our brother, our mother, our sister, whoever suffers of it, uh, we, should, we should hate it so much that we try to relieve them as much as we can uh, in that affliction. Um, number two, I covet the blessings of God for this church. I want God to bless this church. And I don't just want God to bless this church. Uh, I want God to favor this church. And I want you to know very much, uh, very clearly tonight, that there is a blessing and a favor on any church. Amen. That is conscious and proactive about being a blessing to those trapped in poverty. Proverbs 19 and 17 says, he that has pity on the poor lends unto the Lord. And that which he has given will the Lord repay him. Okay. Hey, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind God paying me back. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. God has a big shovel. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the effects of poverty. Now, there are numerous But here's just one of them. Uh, Proverbs 14 and 20. You can read that. And I'm going to talk tonight a little bit about the isolation of poverty. All right. Proverbs 14 and 20. And then we're going to go to Proverbs 19 and 4. Sister Janelle, Proverbs 14 and 20. The poor is hated even of his own neighbor. But the rich have many friends. All right. Proverbs 19 and 4. Who's got that? Proverbs 19 and 4. I want you to listen to these verses. It says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. All right. Proverbs 19 and 7. Uh, sister, all, oh, sister, oh, go ahead. Uh, brother Jesse, go ahead. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words Yet they are wanting to him. All right. So listen to that. The poor is hated of his own neighbor. Amen. The poor is separated from his neighbor. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more his friends go far from him. He pursues them with words. Yet they are wanting to him. Poverty isolates people. All right. This is why the ghetto, the hood, the barrios. This is why they're so dangerous. Because, as, as you know, you, you try to talk. You know, I've, i i Look, I, I grew up. I grew up in the hood. I really did. Uh, we, my, 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 my dad left my mom. My mom cleaned houses. We lived in a very bad part. And, and I'm gonna. T- I remember being about four years old. And um, I remember my neighbors uh, being beaten severely by their mother. And I remember fighting with my neighbors uh, as a kid, fist fights as a kid, and you know, when, when you hear people talk about the hood and the barrio and the ghetto and all these places, you know, they talk about how there, there's love in the hood and there's there's love in the barrio and those are my people and blah, blah. But really, there's hatred in the hood. There's violence in the hood. The poor hate each other. Uh, last, last week, we had a lady come in here uh, and she came from a rough side of town and she was telling us she's like, man. Uh, Janelle was in the car with us. She was telling us. She's like, man, my neighbors keep breaking into my house every week and stealing everything from me. She said, and the hardest thing is I see them every day and I have to act like they didn't steal nothing. Can't call the police. The police aren't coming. Right. there, 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 there's nothing pretty about poverty. It isolates people. It marginalizes people. Uh, it separates people. It divides people. Um, if you've ever had the blessing of living in a decent neighborhood, you know it's no big thing for you and your neighbors to chit-chat, exchange cookies, invite each other over for Thanksgiving. That don't, that don't always happen in the hood. Right. Yeah. Right. right. True. There is, there is hatred And that's what the hood really is. That's what the barrio really is. I mean, um, you know, uh, you might think I'm I'm being a little too uh, uh, deep on this, but, you know, you'll notice in the hood uh, in, in more lower income areas, people love wearing sports jerseys like sports jerseys are really big. And the problem with the sports jersey is that it has somebody else's last name on the back, you know, and so there's this there's this. Uh, I remember years ago reading a book. It was called Ghetto Nation. And uh, the lady talks about the dynamics of growing up in the hood. And she says, you know, just there's, 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 there's the wearing of jerseys because nobody's really proud of who they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, in the ghetto and in the hood and in the barrio, these, these areas of impoverishment, you know, it's let's, let's eat, let's drink, let's be married for tomorrow we die. And that's why you see this. I get the check today. I spend it all today. Right. Because my neighbor hates me, my brethren hate me. Um, You don't have to. If you've ever hung out with people of of lower income, you know there's always drama. There's always family drama, all the time. Their brethren they pursue each other with words. The Bible says they try to talk to each other, and nothing, nothing. I really want us to dislike poverty. I want us to say, you know what? There's nothing good about this. There's nothing to be glamorized about this. There's no songs to sing about this. There should be no rejoicing about this. This is a bad thing that has plagued humanity. We should pray against it. We should help people come out of it. We should pray that, our, that none of God's people ever have to live in those conditions. Can you say amen? amen. Look at this. Proverbs 28 and 3 says, A poor man that oppresses the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaves no food. One of the worst things that I have seen myself in low income areas are poor people oppressing poor people. I used to live in, uh, in, in Redwood City and uh, we, uh, Jamie worked in Palo Alto, but you know, one of the, uh, there's an area right there, right near where, where you know, Palo Alto is one of the wealthiest places in the United States. But embedded into the back of Palo Alto is East Palo Alto, which at one point, I remember growing up in high school, it had the highest murder rate per capita. I, I remember several of my friends getting shot uh, and because a lot of the East Palo Alto kids had to come to school where we went to school because their schools were such a mess. And uh, there was there was always this violence. And you know, it's funny. They the people from East Palo Alto they won't cross the line. You know, if they're going to steal a car, they don't go steal a car in Palo Alto. They steal a car in Palo Alto and in, in East Palo Alto. Yep. Right. They, there's like this uh, literally, it's a line, and they don't cross it. But you know who they hurt? Their own people. Right. Yeah. And the Bible says that when the poor oppresses the poor. It says that they're like a sweeping rain that leaves no food. So there is even a certain element of poverty within impoverished areas. That is the result of poor people oppressing poor people. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Let's talk about some of the causes of poverty. The causes that we can actually uh, avoid and eliminate. I need somebody to read Proverbs 10 and 4. Proverbs 10 and 4. Hallelujah. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. All right. We'll stop right there. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Um, The CEV, uh, which is the common English version, uh, translate this. If you don't know what slack means, uh, basically this would be translated this way. Laziness causes poverty. All right. Not all poverty, and I just want to be clear about this, not all poverty is the result of laziness, but there is a lot of poverty that is the result of laziness, just flat-out laziness. I don't want to be lazy, and I'm not afraid to tell you, there's times I have, I've had my bouts with, with a lazy bone, amen, but I'm telling you right now... Um, fight laziness if you struggle with laziness fight it fight it fight it fight it because laziness will result in poverty i don't want to be poor i don't want to be hated by my neighbors i don't want to be separated from from my family i i I want i want to be blessed i want to be favored and god help me i do not want to be lazy amen i do not want to be lazy i want to be busy i want to move i want to hustle Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Jason. Amen. Amen. We don't want to be lazy people. We don't want to be lazy at home. We don't want to be, uh, amen. We don't want to be idle, as the Bible calls it. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Proverbs 13 and 8. Who can read that for me? Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13 and 8. And, uh. Uh, as we're on the subject of lazy, just, man, always find something to do. Amen. There's always something good to do. Uh, you, 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 life is so short. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs 13 and 8. Sister Ruiz. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. All right. The poor, the poor hears rebuke. not rebuke. Amen. The inability <laughs> to receive correction is a cause of poverty, amen. If you are doing something silly with your money and somebody who loves you and cares about you comes along and says, man, you probably should not be buying $500 $500 glasses. Amen. Uh, if you make $500 a year. Um, right. Praise God. You need to receive that rebuke. You need to embrace that. Amen. You need to say, you know what? I received that. I'm not going to fight with this. Amen. If somebody comes along and says, I've noticed you're kind of lazy, uh, go ahead and receive that. Hallelujah. Uh, if somebody comes Amen. along and says, hey, you know what? Uh, you probably need to stop cashing your checks at the at the liquor store. Amen. Receive that. Praise God. Don't fight that. Don't don't resist that. If somebody comes along and says, hey, um, you know what? Um, If they give you a little tip or a little pointer, you know what? I'm going to say, I hope this does not sound very bad or vulgar or inappropriate. Um, I was just listening to a survey study. They said that people are more willing to divulge the most private things of their life, if you know what I mean by that. They are more willing to talk with total strangers about their their most intimate sectors of their life than they are about their debt. Wow. People are more willing to talk to you about the private things in their life, uh, et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and all these things than they are their debt. Most people will never tell you what they really owe. And the Bible says that the poor hears not a rebuke. We need to get to the point where we can get a rebuke, where somebody could say, why in the world did you buy that at 19 percent interest? That's crazy. Is this good? This is good teaching. Hallelujah. Um, This is one of the things that leads to poverty. In fact, uh, one of the best things you could do if you don't want to ever get rebuked. Here's here's a good key. Here's a good life tip. uh, Here's a good take home. At all times in your life, you should be reading some sort of financial material. I'm going through a fi- I am through go through a financial book once a month. That does not make me a Dave Ramsey guru or anything, but I'm constantly, I want to hear, even if I'm not able to practice it right now, at least when I get there, I want to know what I can do. I want to know about credit card uh, traps. I want to know about bank fees. I I want to know about savings accounts. I want to know about this stuff. Somebody say amen. Uh, I want to learn how to read uh, a financial uh, things I, I want to know this stuff you should read a financial book and, and don't think that it's all numbers and you got to be some great mathematician but, but, but acquaint yourself with this stuff uh, amen somebody say amen. amen and be okay to be rebuked rebuked doesn't necessarily mean I don't think anybody should put their finger in your face and tell you blah blah but you know what um, you should be okay with somebody saying like hey bro uh, don't waste your money like that hey sis you know what that was not a good purchase don't do that um Have a good spirit. Have a good spirit. God's trying to save you, amen, from poverty. Somebody say amen. We're almost closing. 21, 17 of Proverbs. Who can read that? 21, 17 of Proverbs. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. All right. He that loveth pleasure will be a poor man. loving indulgences and preferring gratification over uh, denial will lead to poverty. Uh, in order to get ahead, at some point, you've got to deny yourself. Can you say amen? amen. Don't love pleasures. Uh, don't love pleasures. And uh, get to the point where you, you know... Um, Sometimes as an exercise, Uh, you know, our bishop, uh, uh, our bishop, Brother Shoemake, he used to say something and I always I've never forgot it. He said, if it's truly a good deal, if it's really a good deal and if it's from God, it'll be there when I come back. I don't always have to jump on it right away. I can wait. And sometimes it's a good exercise. Cause you know a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff traps you with that. Hey while supplies last act now. You know the sale's almost over and, and you'll tell the sales guy you'll be like well I don't know if I can do that today. They'll be like, well you know what today's the last day. You can try to come tomorrow but somebody's probably gonna buy it and there's fifty of them in the back. Right. Huh You know what I mean? And so let's let's practice delayed gratification. Let's not love pleasure. Um, I'm going to tell you my prediction for life. Maybe I shouldn't because somebody will think I'm a false prophet here. Um, I do believe with all my heart that there is going to be uh, a time and a season of blessing and uh, financial uh, uh, financial favor that's going to come on all of us. Um, but you know what? Uh, let's, let's use that time to be a blessing. Let's let's uh, let's not waste those moments when God pushes us ahead and gives us a foot up. Uh, amen. Uh, the Bible says that the children of Israel lived on on the bread of angels. That's what they called it, the bread of angels. Hallelujah. But you know uh, what that bread of angels was was manna. It was it was actually kind of. Uh, a real humble bread. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, cheesy bread. It wasn't garlic bread. It wasn't buttery bread. It was coriander. And it just, you know, it, it, it probably really wasn't that angelic looking. And, uh, but the children of Israel lived on this stuff. Trust me, uh, all of us here uh, could actually live on a lot less than we think we can. And uh, we can get ahead. And we could be a blessing. Here's the truth about every single one of you. Here's the truth about every single one of you. If you want more money. It's not actually because you wish. To like hoard it. And have like a closet full of prodigies. You actually want to be a blessing. I believe that about everybody here. Either to your children. Your grandchildren. Your spouse. Everyone here I think knows that. If you came across a ton of money right now. You'd actually want to share that wealth. That is the truth about you. I think by nature humans are sharers. I believe that, and I do believe that the 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 more we deny ourselves, the more God will bless us, and the more we'll feel compelled to share and to give, and 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 realize, as the song says, "Blessed to be a blessing." We're blessed to be a blessing. All right. So let's uh, let's conclude uh, tonight.